the 87th Psalm. We're going to read one verse of Scripture in your hearing this morning. It's very simple. Very declarative. And we're going to receive it in our hearts and endeavor to be fed by the Scriptures this morning. Psalm 87 verse 1. His foundation is in the holy mountains. His foundation is in the holy mountains. I'd like to preach to you on this subject, the holy mountains. The holy mountains. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness today. For every person that is in this building. For every individual who will be hearing the word as it goes forth this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would give the word free course to accomplish that whereto you send it. I pray, O God, in Jesus' name, that your word would be a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. Hallelujah. Quicken us. Hallelujah. For your word is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. I pray, O God, that as we hear your word, that we would be changed, not just challenged, but changed. We thank you and we give you praise today. I pray for an anointing upon your messenger as I preach. Help us to receive it and hear it today and apply it. In the name of Jesus, everybody said in Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning in the name of the Lord. Foundation is a very important part of life. It is a principle that stretches across all spectrums of concept. And regardless of what you're talking about, foundation plays an integral role in the success of anything or person. If we were talking about <clears throat> if we were talking about the foundation of a house, it would be very critical to the building of that house. That house would require a strong foundation because through its existence and through its duration, it would encounter many storms. It would encounter strong winds. It would encounter the normal dilapidating effects that seek to seize a house. And that house, depending on how well it was built, starting with the foundation, would either stand up under the pressure or, unfortunately, it, it would crumble under the pressure. And that's what a foundation is, and that's why a foundation is so important. This building upon which we stand and in which we stand, is a building that is uh, sturdy and strong and secure, and it is sturdy, strong, and secure because of the foundation upon which it stands. Educators know the importance of foundation. And this is why educators will, will seek to educate young minds based on the principle of building blocks. And there are certain things that they teach early on before they teach anything else. 
because they are trying to put inside the mind of that individual a strong educational foundation. And, and day by day, week by week, year by year, they seek to build upon what has been a sturdy foundation. And so they don't start teaching trigonometry. They don't start teaching geometry. But they begin with basic building blocks of education to set into the, into the thinking and into the understanding of that individual a firm foundation. This is, this is true of all areas of life. And, and, uh, and it is true even in our physiological development. Our physiological development depends upon a strong foundation. Uh, this is why there are certain recommendations as to how a child should eat and how a child should be developed physically as they enter this life so that later on there's a strong physiological foundation upon which to build this person. This is true not only of natural things, but it is true of spiritual things. And it is important that we have a strong spiritual foundation. God is interested in establishing us in his holy word. When I preach to you today the word of the Lord, I understand that this word of God is going forth to a variety of people who are at different stages in their walk with God. Some people are new to the faith. Some people have been in the faith for a number of years. Some people are not in the faith yet. And so we trust as we preach the word of God that, that the Lord will take his word and apply it to the lives and to the minds of the hearer of the word of God. And the Bible says that, that he lays down line upon line. Line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept. Here a little, there a little. Here a little, there a little. That's what the Lord does. He is establishing foundation inside of us because he plans to build you and I into strong people for his name. He plans to build us so sturdy, so secure, so foundational, if you please, that we will be able to withstand any kind of pressure that may come against us. And I'm preaching to some people today who have made up in their spirit and in their minds that it does not matter what may come against them, they're going to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is there a witness this morning in the house of God of somebody who you're not sitting on the fence? You're not straddling the line. You're not trying to decide will I or will I not. You've made up in your mind. You don't necessarily know how. You don't necessarily know what all you will face. But there is a certain something inside of you that says nothing is going to bring me down from serving my God. From making heaven my home. Oh, hallelujah. 
Come on, there's some people that are going through something right now and the Lord wants me to tell you and remind you of who you are. You are his child. You are his precious child. You have strength in you. You have ability in you. You're going to make it through this trial. Hallelujah. Because God placed a strong foundation inside of you. Jesus told of a wise man who built his house upon a rock and a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. He said that the foolish man who built his house upon the sand proved to be foolish because because when the storms rose up against his house, his house was unable to stand up under the pressure of the storms that came against it. Why? Because it was built upon the shifting sands. And this is the way sands work. They are beautiful. They, they actually give some of the most scenic views that, that you could ever want to have. But it's not about looks. It's not about appearance. It's not about having location, location, location. It's about what are you built upon? Is what you're built upon sturdy enough to face down the storms that life will inevitably bring your way? And he said this man was foolish because he built his house on the sand. Now let me real quick just make a little observation. I'm going to throw this in there. When the Lord told Abraham that he was going to have children added to him, he said to him they will be like the sands of the seashore. The people of God were likened to the sands of the seashore. Now there are some people who try to build their house upon people and upon the opinions of people, and upon being popular with people, or vicariously trying to live for the Lord through people. But we're not built upon anything but Jesus Christ and His righteousness. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Oh, hallelujah. So you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I thank God for the gathering of people that are here this morning to praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I hope I can speak for several of you to say that if the person next to you decided to stop serving the Lord, you're going to still serve the Lord. And if your whole road cleared out and said, I'm going to follow the way of this world and I don't care about my eternal life, I would hope in Jesus' name that you have a made-up mind. My house is not built upon what people think or what people do. My house is built on Jesus the Christ. Hallelujah. You better get it down in your spirit. You better get it down in your soul because there are storms that are brewing. There are storms that are coming. You're facing some of them right now and you had better be built upon a solid foundation. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus said to his disciples, who do men say that I am? What is the rumor of who I am? Some said you, I've heard are from others that you're Jeremiah. I've heard from some that you are Elijah. I've heard from some that you're John the Baptist. Come back to life. And, and Jesus said, but now let's ask the real question. Who do you say that I am? Because it doesn't matter what the person down the row says about God. It matters who do you say that he is. 
I, I, can, I can know him for myself, and, and you can't know him through me. You have to know him for yourself. So it doesn't matter what anybody else in this world says about who God is. You have to know who he is. It's called a firm foundation. And they said, Peter finally, touched by the finger of God's anointing, spoke up and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjonas, for I will call you Peter or Petra, little rock. And upon this great rock of revelation, I will build my church. Hallelujah. It's a firm foundation. Peter, what you got, you didn't get from man. Flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you. Folks, I can preach it, but I can't reveal it. I can teach it, but I can't reveal it. I can expound it, but I can't reveal it. Flesh and blood cannot reveal this unto you. My Father which is in heaven, he has revealed it unto you. I'm going to tell you something. If God reveals it to you, it's a rock in your spirit that cannot be moved. You take my word for it, and if I ever disappoint you, it could shake you. You take my word for it, and if I ever fail to live up to your expectations, it could shake you. But if God reveals this to you, I'm going to tell you, there's no disappointment that can shake you. There's nobody who falls or fails or falters or stumbles who can shake you because God put it in your spirit. This is what the Apostle Paul said about foundation. He said, the foundation of God standeth sure. False doctrine comes against it. The foundation of God stands sure. Heresy comes against it. The foundation of God standeth sure. Disease comes against it. The foundation of God stands sure. Loss of a loved one comes against it. The foundation of God stands sure. Hallelujah. Doubt, fear, paranoia, depression. Come on, am I preaching to somebody? Anybody? Anybody? But the foundation of God is able to stand up under the pressure. Of whatever the enemy may throw your way. And the scripture says that his foundation is in the holy mountains. That's where his foundation is. His foundation is in the holy mountains. Now mountains are an interesting dynamic. You got to understand. The mountains are an interesting thing. They are, they are, they're not simple things. They are complex they are very complex. There are a lot, of, a lot of rocks and crevices, a lot of hidden, hidden threats in mountains. That's why they call them mountain lions, because you're probably going to find them in the mountains. You don't know where they are. You don't know exactly what it is that you're dealing with. And, and, and Jesus even said, Jesus even said, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into yonder place. Oh, thank God for that. I'm going to tell you something. There have been some mountains that I've had to speak to in my life. 
You know what I'm talking about. You've had to do it as well. There have been some things that, that, just kind of, that just kind of came up out of nowhere and were imposing and foreboding. And you looked at that and you were scared at first. It just seemed too intimidating. And then you realized, wait a minute. I'm a child of the most high God. Wait a minute. My father is the king of all kings. Wait, 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 no, wait just a second. I'm not going to sit over here and be intimidated, not when my God has all power in heaven and in earth. You know, you, you had me going because there for a minute you had me forgetting who I am, who God called me to be. I'm a chosen generation. I'm a holy nation. I'm a peculiar people. I'm a royal priesthood. I've been called out of darkness, placed into this marvelous life. I'm blood-bought, spirit-filled. Come on, let me remind somebody of who they are. Greater is he that is in you. Let me remind somebody, the blood of Jesus is upon you. Let me remind somebody that after you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive power. Not from around this world, but from on high. So no, 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 no. Try to intimidate me. I speak to this mountain. I command you to be moved in the name of Jesus. And I've seen mountains skip like little lambs. And hills like little rams scurrying off from the authority of the word of God that rests inside the believer. Hallelujah. If you've got a mountain that the enemy has brought into your path, speak to it. Command it in the name of Jesus Christ. You have no authority over me. You have no power over me. You have no power over my family. You have no power over my mind. You have no power over my ministry. You have no power over my finances. You have no power over my body. You have no power over my marriage. I am a child of Almighty God. And I commend you in the name of Jesus. Move up out of my way. I'm going through. Come on, I need some old-time faith in the house of God that says, I'm going through. I'm going through. I don't care what the rest of the world decides to do. I've made up my mind. Ain't gonna turn around. I'm walking with my Jesus. And I'm going through. Just the way it is. Bring whatever you want. I'm going to keep on worshiping. Bring whatever you got. I'm going to keep on praising. Come up with that. Whatever, whatever you got in the arsenal. But I'm going to keep on believing. Trusting. Serving. Leaning on God. That's just who I am. That's the foundation that's inside of me. Hallelujah. Those are mountains that will move out of your way. But if there's anything I've learned, it's this. Holy mountains don't move. You got to climb holy mountains. You can talk to them all you want. But the devil didn't put them there. 
Those are mountains in your path. God sent you down this road. I don't know why. But he sent you down this road. And on this road is a mountain. And you come to that mountain, you can cry out to it. Declare and decree. Speak. Uproot. But, but if God intends for you to climb this mountain, then you're going to climb this mountain. And there's a reason why. Because at the top of this mountain, he's going to reveal himself to you. Hallelujah. He's going to reveal his foundation to you. He's going to put inside of you that strong, sturdy stuff that the devil can't shake. He's going to put inside of you that strong, sturdy stuff that the enemy, hallelujah, has no power over. As long as you just stand down here in the foothills and are intimidated by what it is you're seeing, then you'll have a limited understanding of this great God. But oh, my friend, hallelujah, if you put one foot in front of the other, and keep on walking and grab a hold of this rock and grab a hold of that rock. And when it feels like you can't go any further, keep on going on. Climb, climb, climb up Sunshine Mountain. Heavenly breezes blow. Move on into, hallelujah, thrust on into the glory and the plan of God for your life. Never be intimidated by the plan that God has for your life. I don't understand everything people go through. And I know some people create problems for themselves. And I get that. And they have to go down a road that, that they wouldn't have had to go down if they had, had not chosen to go down that road. But I want you to know that regardless of what road you're on right now, you can turn that road into walking with Jesus. Hallelujah. Because there are holy mountains on this path. And you're going to have to climb those holy mountains. The scriptures describe holy mountains. There are holy mountains in the word of God. One of those holy mountains I'm reminded of is Mount Horeb. Where, where, where Moses received the law of God. Folks, the foundation for law in civilized society, it all came from this holy mountain. From this one man who ascended into the heights of the Lord. Past his insecurities, past his questions of why did I have to go through what I went through. You talk about somebody who could have stumbled over why me for the rest of his life. Moses had plenty of reasons to wonder why me. I mean, there was a there was a decree in his day that every child, male child of Israel, had to be murdered. And Moses fell into that category. It forced him out of his mother's arms. Forced him out of his mother's home. Forced him away from his brother and his sister. Into the hands of a heathen king. He was raised up in Egypt. Nursed by, by God's grace by the mother of Israel. And he was now sent down not just the Nile. But he was sent down the river of life. In a way he never would have planned for himself. And he could have stumbled over why do I? I have to go through this why didn't this happen to somebody else 
what kind of a God would put this kind of an emotional mountain in my path? What kind of a God would allow me to have to face this kind of a spiritual struggle? He thought he knew his destiny for life and he, he, he reacted too soon before Israel was ready and he ended up a fugitive from Egypt and then he runs from life. He runs from life. He runs from God. He runs from everything and he's, the Bible says, in a mountain watching sheep and he sees a bush that's burning but not being consumed. Hallelujah. Moses, I know you don't want to even want to be on this mountain. I know you're done with 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 life you're done with trying to help people you're done i know i know you wish you could just give up give out and give in but you got to climb this mountain moses because there's a burning bush on this mountain and you're going to learn some things about God in this experience that nothing else could have taught you and there are folks sitting under the sound of my voice right now, hallelujah that you're going to run into some burning bushes, you can't run into them where you are currently situated and you're scared to climb up certain mountains and you've always stumbled over the foothills of why did this have to happen to me and if you keep on stumbling Stumbling over those foothills, you're never going to ascend into the holy mountain where the foundation of God, hallelujah, standeth sure. It was there that Moses spoke to the voice of God. And the voice of God thundered from that burning bush and called to him and said, you're standing on holy ground. Because these are the holy mountains. I'm going to show you something today, Moses, that nothing else could have shown you. Moses kept asking the question, who am I that I would go back to Egypt? Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? And the Lord's response to who am I was always the same. I am. I am. I am. Who am I? I am. Who am I? I am. As long as you stumble over the stumbling blocks of confusion and sadness and, and despair, then you will always wander through life asking the question, who am I? 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 But you will never ask Ask the right source because the right source is in the holy mountains. Hallelujah. And if you go into the holy mountains, he'll answer you. I am. See, what you need to hear from God is in the holy mountain. That experience that is dragging you down, it's in the holy mountain. Now, you got to understand, I do realize mountains are no fun. I mean, they are, but they aren't. You know what I mean? I mean, if you like to hike them, that's great, but you kind of know you're going into some stuff. I remember I was in the mountains of Alaska, and, and I, uh, they had this beautiful stream down from where I was staying. And I said, hey, you know what? When we get done with service today, between services, morning and night, I said, I'm going to run down to the Kenai River and do some fishing. And they said, oh, that'd be fine. That'd be great. They said, well, I think we can get you a gun. I said, no, I just, I just use a hook. I don't need to be shooting fish. <laughs> they, said, they said, no, 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 it's not for the fish. I think you forgot where you are. You may catch some stuff you don't mean to be catching. You need something for them grizzly bears running around. You need something for them timber wolves running around. 
oh, you know what? Actually, on second thought, I'm good right where I am. Y'all <laughs> grab some Applebee's and whatnot, and I just, I think they got some salmon or something. I just, I just, that's all good for me. I'm good right where I am. I was in the mountains years ago. Amen. We were with some friends, and, uh, and, uh, we were, we were in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and uh, we were up in a chalet in the mountains. And I got up early in the morning, and nobody else was awake, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to run down to the bottom of this mountain. Put on my big boots and <laughs> grab my, my ski suit and my big coat, stocking cap, my ear warmers. I was going to rough it. It was snowing. It was so bad that we had to park our cars at the bottom of the mountain because we couldn't get our cars up through the snow. And so I started down this mountain. And, uh, and, and, and I thought to myself, you know what? I'm out here by myself, and uh, I don't know what's all out here. And I thought, you know, it would be really bad I'm sure it won't happen to me, but it'd be really bad if I ran into a black bear, you know. <laughs> and uh, right about that time, I saw this set of paw prints come out from the woods. And they, were, they came into my path and were walking in front of me. And I got to look at those paw prints, and I realized those are bear prints. And they're pretty fresh in the ground, in the snow. And I was about halfway down the mountain, and I thought, maybe I should turn around. But then I thought, but what if he circled up around this way? And, <laughs> and right about the time I saw those paw prints and was walking, I heard something galloping behind me. <sighs> Folks. <laughs> I don't even know if I can describe what was going through my mind at the moment. I know exactly actually what was going through my mind. I was like, Lord, you did it for David. You did it for Samson. I'm fixing to fight me a bar right now. Lord have mercy. I was looking for the jawbone of a donkey someplace. And I turned around and looked back, and, and it, was, it was two dogs. They were big dogs. One was a chow mix. And one was a lab mix. And they were running towards me and they were hungry. And it was, it was frozen over. Everything was frozen over. And, uh, and, and, and they were hungry because they weren't able to get any food. And they were jumping up at me like, you got some food, right? And I was like, oh, no, I don't got no food. And then I started wondering, I hope they don't think, you know, that I'm food. I wanted to make sure they understood who the boss was as we are walking down the mountain. I, was throwing, I had a bottle of water. I was throwing them little snippets of water, and they were like, this isn't what we're looking for. But they followed me all the way down that mountain, and they, they ran ahead of me about 30 yards and stopped shoulder to shoulder and scanned the mountains. And when I got to them, they ran 30 yards further, stopped shoulder to shoulder and scanned the mountains. Ran 30 yards further when I got up to them. They did that all the way down the mountain and all the way up the mountain. Hallelujah. Brother and Sister Duvall were with us and we fed them when we got back up to the top of that mountain. Because they had protected me all the way down 
and all the way up. And I called them, I gave them names. The child was goodness and the lab was mercy. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Listen, I know mountains sometimes can be no fun. I know sometimes mountains can be challenging, can be difficult. And you're going to run into some things along that road that you weren't necessarily prepared to run into. But you better know that the Lord is my light and my salvation. You better know whom shall I fear. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He's going to send angels to protect you. He's going to be a refuge and a fortress and a shelter. Your God in whom you can trust a bulwark about you. Hallelujah. God's going to do it. He's going to protect you. Go ahead. Walk on up that mountain. Climb up that mountain. Climb up that mountain. Don't be afraid of it. Don't cower from it. Don't backslide. Don't turn your back on God. Don't turn around. Don't digress. Don't go backward. Just keep climbing. Because at the top of that mountain, you're going to find something out about God that's going to set a foundation in you. Now you can get bitter all you want. Why did I have to go through this? Why did this have to happen to me? You can go through that all that that mental exercise all you want and stay stuck in that place. But but if you'll go ahead and grapple with that mountain and say, "Lord, I'm going to legitimately ask, why did this happen to me?" Because I want the real answer of why this happened to me. Cuz there is, ladies and gentlemen, a real answer. I want to know what purpose are you bringing me into? What are you lifting me into? What are you trying to show me about you? Paul said, Lord, take this thorn from my flesh. Take it from my flesh. And the Lord surprised him by saying, no. He came to him a second time. Lord, I'm asking you again, take this thorn from my flesh. And the Lord shocked him. No. The third time, Lord, take this thorn from my flesh. And this time the Lord said no, but he added some revelation, a revelation that forever changed the Apostle Paul. And to my knowledge and to your knowledge, he only asked three times. And once he got this revelation, he never asked again. But this question was, Lord, can you please take this thorn from my flesh? And the Lord said no, and here's why. My strength is made perfect in weakness, and my grace is sufficient for you. Hey, listen, I'm going I'm to say something right now that's going to cover the whole spectrum of this congregation from side to side, regardless of what you're facing or dealing with. Here it is. His grace is sufficient for you. Some of you are dealing with really big things right now. Some of you are dealing with some things that are, are, are just are, are difficult, but, but you face bigger stuff than this in the past. Regardless, His grace is sufficient for you. His grace is sufficient for you. That means that whatever I'm facing, His grace is bigger. His grace is bigger than the lion. His grace is bigger than the bear. His grace is bigger than the giant. His grace is greater than my sin. Grace. Grace. God's grace. Grace that is greater than all my sin.
I don't know why you've got to climb this mountain, but I know there's a God in heaven at the top of that mountain. I talked about it last week. I and the lad, Abraham said, will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Come on, Isaac. We're going to the mountain. Why do we have to go to the mountain? Listen to what God said to Abraham. Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest. Get thee into the land of Moriah. Offer him there upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. See, you don't have to climb every mountain. Contrary to the song. Climb every mountain. No, no, no. You just climb the holy mountains. Hey, if it's not a holy mountain, you can have it. No, I'll speak this thing out of my life unless God puts it in my path. And says, no, Joel, this one, you can't move Mount Horeb. You can't move Mount Sinai. You can't move Mount Moriah. You can't move Mount Calvary. You can't move the Mount of Transfiguration. You can't move Mount Carmel. No, 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 no. You got to climb that mountain. You got to put one arm in front of the other. And there are going to be moments you think you'll fall down and die. Keep on climbing. There are going to be moments where you hear the growl of a mountain lion and you hear the rumble of a bear. But keep on climbing. Because at the top of that mountain is the glory of God. The foundation of God that standeth sure. And God's going to fix something inside of your soul. So deep. So strong. Nothing will be able to shake you. Isaac, I don't understand why we have to climb this mountain. He said, I see you have the fire. Yes, I have the fire. I see you have the wood. Yes, I have the wood. You don't have a sacrifice. I do. You just don't know about it. But I do know this. God will provide himself. See, see, Abraham had climbed enough spiritual mountains to know this mountain is no different. Because here's what I know about this mountain. I'm going to face a lot of question and a lot of difficulty up this mountain. But when I get up there, I'm going to see him in a way that I've never seen him before. You know, anybody know what Jehovah Jireh means? Anybody ever heard that? We sing a song, Jehovah Jireh, he is my God. And, 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 and it means the Lord is our provider. How many know he's your provider? You know what that means? That means whatever you need, he's going to provide it. And if he doesn't provide it, you didn't need it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'm not going to be in a position of want because the Lord will provide to me. I know that he will. You know where we learned that? We learned that in Abraham's track up that mountain. It was on that mountain where he learned and we all learned. As he laid Isaac down upon that altar, sharpened his knife, and was ready to go through with the sacrifice. And the angel of the Lord said, Abraham, do not slay thy son, for now I know that thou fearest God. Look behind you in the thicket. And over there rustling in the thicket was a ram caught in the thicket. And Jesus would later say to the Pharisees who were saying to him, What do you know about Abraham? Abraham, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said, Let me tell you a little something about Abraham. Before Abraham was, I am. And Abraham rejoiced to see my day. You know when Abraham saw his day? He saw his day on Mount Moriah. When that ram did for Isaac what Jesus did for every one of us. 
when Abraham saw it, he rejoiced. I knew he'd do it. I knew he'd do it. I knew he'd do it. I knew he'd come through. I didn't know how. I just knew he would. I didn't know when. I didn't know where. I didn't know what. But I know that he'll meet me at the top of this mountain. Hallelujah. Elijah, call him up to the holy mountain. Get him up on that holy mountain. Come on, bring the devil to where you are. Don't go into his turf. You say, I'm right here. You want me, then you're going to meet me in my prayer room. If you want me, you're going to meet me in my faith. I'm not coming out there into your sinful situation and meeting my enemy there. I'll meet him on the holy mountains where the foundation of God stands sure. So Elijah's up on Mount Carmel. And you know what's amazing? Israel was so far from God, so backslidden. Nobody knew anything about God. Elijah came to prophesy them back into a relationship with God. And he gets up on top of that holy mountain. And those prophets of Baal are calling for Baal. Elijah even got a little sarcastic. He was like, maybe he's out fishing. Maybe he ran into a grizzly bear while he was out fishing. He doesn't hear you. They just kept on screaming, 400 of them, cutting themselves, calling on Baal. Elijah waited. You know what? I always wondered what he was waiting for. I thought he was, you know, kind of laughing them to stock, laughing them to scorn. But, but I, I, uh, I realized he wasn't laughing them to scorn, really. He, he was waiting for the evening sacrifice. Because he knew that at the time of the evening sacrifice, if the stones were laid out right, if the altar was prepared correctly, the fire would fall. Oh, we haven't seen the fire fall, Elijah, in a long time. Well, trust me, if you'll prepare the altar at the time of the evening sacrifice, the fire will fall. You don't know how far we've drifted from God. No, 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 it doesn't matter how far you've drifted from God. If you'll prepare the altar at the time of the evening sacrifice, the fire will fall. But you don't know how backslidden I am and you don't know how many people that I've hurt and you don't know what all problems I've developed in the meantime. No, no, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about him. And you know what I learned in the holy mountain? Elijah learned in the holy mountain that it doesn't matter how long you've been away from God. If you make it right at the altar, the fire will fall. Israel, I know you're a bunch of heathens now. You're idolatrous. You're adulterous. You've made mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. But I'm telling you, if you'll get it right with the altar... That fire you've been missing, it'll fall. Let me tell somebody who feels like you've drifted too far. Let me tell somebody who feels like you've just been away too long. Let me tell you that if you'll make it right with God, he's still God. He's still God. Hallelujah. I'm just going to tell you there's something about when you lift up your voice in praise. And you magnify his name. The presence of the Lord surrounds you. You don't even feel worthy of it, deserving of it. But the presence of the Lord surrounds you. 
Hey, you haven't been so far that God can't bring you close. You haven't gone so low that the love of God can't reach down to you. You haven't been so bad that the love of God can't make you good. You haven't been so dirty that the love of God can't make you clean. On the inside and the outside, he can reach to wherever you are. You know where I learned that? I learned that climbing the mountain. The prophet Elijah learned some things about God and the holy mountains. Climb it. Climb it. I'm thinking today about Logan Brinson. Some of you remember Logan. How many remember Logan? Yeah, he's a sweet kid. Logan was born with unspeakable complications. I don't know anybody who had as complicated a physical challenge as Logan. Early, early in his, in his young childhood and into his life, he, he had so many, so many surgeries. They actually stopped counting at 150 surgeries. Logan has gone on to be with the Lord, but if Logan walked into this room, we could shut the lights off. He'd light the whole place up. He, he would walk up to you and, and, and you'd... you'd, you'd you know, it would be in you to kind of try to encourage this little guy who you can see has gone through so many troubles and complications. And, and the moment you shook his hand and he came out with that joy of the Lord, you would be the one encouraged. It, would, it, it was an overwhelming joy. I don't, it was unspeakable joy. It was, he, just, he, just, he had a way of just lighting the whole environment up that he walked into. It would be real easy for people to stand around and look into this little life that was so obviously complicated and compromised and perplexed and point a finger at God and say, why? Why would you do that? Why would you let that happen, rather? I mean, you have the power. He has the power to stop this from happening. Why? Why did this young man have to go through so much complication? And I don't know why Logan had to go through that. I don't know why Logan had to climb the mountains he climbed. I don't know. But I'll tell you what. I could never stand on the outside of Logan's circumstances and judge God on Logan's behalf. And this is why. Because Logan had his own story to tell about being at the top of those mountains. You know what I found out Logan's favorite scripture was? Psalm 34 and six, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. That was Logan's favorite verse of Scripture. So you can judge God for Logan if you want to. But when Joe Logan would hear those words to the song, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. Logan was, he would laugh and have fun and, and he would talk about things that interested him and he enjoyed history and he enjoyed presidential trivia and he'd talk about all of it with you. But if he ever heard that song, then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, he would cut the communication off and go directly into the presence of the Lord. His hands would go high. His eyes would close and tears would roll down his face as he would sing, how great thou art. 
how great thou art. I wonder if there's somebody who's in the middle of their mountain climb. And you're wondering why in the world you even have to climb this mountain. I wonder if you could understand that if you could ever reach the top of this mountain, it would all make perfect sense to you. Just keep climbing that mountain. Hallelujah. Don't lose patience. Don't lose hope. Just keep climbing the mountain. In the name of Jesus. Somebody lift your hands to him right now and say, God, I'm going to climb. I'm going to climb up this mountain. In the name of the Lord, I will climb up this mountain. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, bless his holy name, bless his holy name. I don't know why you're going through what you're going through, but keep on going, keep on going. Keep on traveling, keep on traveling. There's a lamb in the thicket at the top of this mountain. There is, there is. God is there. His mercy is there. His understanding is there. His wisdom is there. His foundation is in those holy mountains. Just keep on, just keep on climbing to the top of that mountain. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Then sings my soul. My Savior God to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou art, then sings my soul, my Savior God. To thee, how great thou art, how great thou art, then sings my soul, my Savior God. To thee, how great thou art, how great thou art, <coughs> then sings my soul, my Savior God, to How great Thou art, how great Thou art. Come on, let's love Him right now. Let's love Him right now. Let's love Him right now. Let's love Him. Hallelujah. Come on, there's somebody that's on their way up to the mountain. Come on, go ahead. Climb on up to that mountain. Climb on up to that mountain. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. 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 I'm opening these altars right now for somebody to come and say, God, I'm not going to quit walking. I'm not going to quit walking. I can't. I can't turn back now. I've come too far to turn around. I've come too far to turn around. 
Come on, somebody. That's it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Climb on up. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, Thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to Thee. God, 
some wonder Consider all the world's thy hand